at the Cock and Bull Podcast. It's a history thing. I'm Spencer, and over there is Nathan. Hello! We see each other now. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, no, we've added a visual element to this that's not typical, uh, but now I can kind of look through the internet, through these series of tubes, into Nathan's own eyes. And every time we've recorded podcasts where we can see each other, it has always ended well and not in deep emotional scarring for both of us. And yet they come out some of the best episodes, but they're the most exhausting to record. Yeah, no, I physically expect that's why we had to wait four months to record this It's because I've been out training like that Rambo Rocky montage where I'm just beating on this beating on wood. And I don't know, an 80s synth ballad is playing and somewhere in the East yeah. Ivan Drago is there. And I'm also hanging out with him because we're cool because, yeah, Soviet Union, let's go. Um, someone but, draws first blood. Yeah. Yeah. No, someone indeed drew first blood. There's also a Rambo montage um, where I'm in the woods making booby traps and things. But that's well, that's what I was going to say is I've actually been laying cock and bull booby traps for you when you make your epic comeback. You know, I'd throw in like a Sigmund Freud every other episode. Oh, no. Maybe like do a in-depth episode 100 about whatever happened to Banana Bill. Do we know? Because if we know and you if you knew all this time and didn't tell me, I'm going to be very upset with you. The thing is, is the Chinese government does not respond to my Skype messages. Um, I'm trying WhatsApp. I'm going to see if that'll do You're it. You're doing it wrong. Let me know. I'll get, I, I can get President G on the phone for you. Also new to this episode is uh, a guest host... We have the mean, the lean, the fighting machine. Brittany, say hello. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, Brittany, please. What do you want to know about me? Well, I mean, tell me like your top three. Top three what? Go on. You know. Just top three. Anything. Uh, Gundam, mm. Inuyasha, mm. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah no, good enough. Good. Brittany, you've been heard in the background of a lot of episodes. Tell me, are you a cock and bull listener? Uh, only when I go to the dentist. Only when you go to the dentist? Uh-huh. I like to tune out the sound of the drill with your sweet, sultry tones. See, I assumed what you did with this was you you went in and listened to the, the cock and bull because as some sort of weird psychological warfare against the dentist, you're like, I will inflict more pain on me than you can inflict on me. <laughs> I'm not locked in this chair with you. You're locked in this chair with me. <laughs> and you just kind of use that as your way to take control of the situation and own it. This sounds like a, a different method than I thought. Are you wearing headphones when you do this? No, I make sure that the dentist can hear it so you can get additional viewers. Now, you the know? problem That's is, Brittany, unless you're making the dentist stream it from their device and then leave us a five-star review on iTunes, this is not helping in any meaningful way. We oh, it helps. Encourage, we encourage all group listening parties for the Cock and Bull, of which I know there are dozens, dozens. upon dozens. Dozens. Um, we do need all of you guys to, like, pull it up on your own devices, mute five out of the six, and then let that other one go whole yeah, hog. Yeah, if you're not stealing friends, loved ones, coworkers, acquaintances' phones, downloading the Cock and Bull and then signing in under their account and rating and reviewing it, you're not getting the bonus episodes, that's for sure. Um, I actually but, did that with my dentist's phone. That, okay, He wasn't very happy. Meemaw's going to think she done got some malware. That does explain how one time when we were in Arkansas, the one time we were in Arkansas together, all of a sudden I was tracking I was tracking our Pinecast stats. And it was like, you, y'all got downloaded eight times in Arkansas. I'm like, shit, <laughs> they found us. And surprise, it was my dentist all eight times. Huh? It worked. You're welcome. <laughs> so, John Frederick... Joseph Cade. That's too many names. <laughs> too many names. Too many. Nope. You, you get cut off after four. This gentleman was born on January 18th, 1912 in Victoria, Australia. 
as all the best things are. Oi! Oh, Australia. We're going to dispense. Oh, uh, yes. Bust out the accents. Uh, uh, something, something, shrimp on the Barbie. Stop getting on the, at the quicken guy. <laughs> I I can't do an Australian without becoming very high pitched and nasty. That's not a knife. This is a knife. I'm making a knife gesture at the camera. This is really helping the bit. It's a girthy jerk off motion <laughs> at best. At least it's girthy. I also really appreciate the fact that this one takes place in Australia so that my pronunciation skills can just stay pure in everyone's eyes. I'm now going you, to laugh because there's going to be something you fuck up. And then, oh, it's, and then you're real going to look. Then it's going to be egg on your face. Ostrich egg <laughs> on your face. There, there's a city. It's M-E-L-B-O-U-R-N-E. How do you pronounce that? Uh, Sydney. <laughs> got, got, got me Carry there. on. And this gentleman was the son of David Duncan Kane, a medical practitioner, and Ellen Cade. Famed basketball player? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Uh, John Kane went on to follow in his father's footsteps and study at Scotch College and the University of M-E-L-B-O-U-R-N-E. Oh, no, say the word. He, say the word out loud. Say it. Say Sydney, it. where he received his MD in 1938. And he was a resident medical officer at St. Vincent's Hospital in 1935 and at the Royal Children's Hospital in 1936. Okay. All so right. So, so is he a child doctor? What kind of doctor is he? Just a general doctor I, at this he's, point? He's just a doctor. Just he's a doctor. A medical officer, whatever that entails. And he dabbles in kids or is it like a pediatrician? Now, why is there a distinction there? Between pediatrician and dabbles in kids. Well, now, to be fair, you could be a surgeon that works on kids and you're not a pediatrician. That's fair. Okay. All kids are heart havers, but not all heart havers are kids. Facts. This same year, John Kay joined the mental hygiene branch of the Department of the Chief Secretary and was appointed medical officer at Mont Park Mental Hospital. I know during these these times of pandemic, uh, all about personal hygiene. I am, man, I've got more mm-hmm. Purell around that I know what to do with. I'm washing, washing my hands 18 times a day. Um, now, what's mental hygiene? Yeah, I don't like that term. That makes me think Colgate to the brain. That makes me think I get a big comical floss and I'm like just out one ear and out the <laughs> other and I'm just squeak, 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 and then it's all it's all clean. No, I am studying to be a therapist, so I can say with 100% certainty that this is when you just inject the Purell straight into the brain. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Trying to sanitize all, right. all right. No, this this is so like, again, just pour it, like get a funnel and just like down one ear, kind of like a neti pot, but for the brain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's that, like that a neti pot for the brain. And in 1937, Cade married Istana Evelyn Jean Charles, a double certified nurse, and they had four sons and a daughter. So, so far, this guy is just doing normal shit. All right, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I Honestly, if this is the new direction for Cockable, where you're just telling me the biography of a normal dude. <laughs> of a, of uh, a regular guy. Uh, just a regular guy. He he, uh, he lived a long, healthy life. He helped some people. <laughs> One time he won an award at work. Yep. That was good. That was cool. <laughs> His life went topsy-turvy when, and I'm, I'm waiting for the child death, when he built a playpen in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> And also like his father, Cade went on to fight for Australia and the armed forces during World War II. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, don't do that. Don't Get do out that. Of that. Oh, That's yeah. a bad one. Wait. Oh, yeah. So his dad, what, so what, so his, did his dad fight in World War, well, no, World War I would have been, been, been like, yeah, no, it would have been like 30 years early. Was he in World yeah, War One? That adds up. Yeah. So was he at like Gallipoli and all that shit? Oh, shit. Yeah. World War One was not good to the Australians from what I understand. Okay, is there any anything interesting about his service? Like, did he go anywhere cool, do anything neat, kill anyone famous? Well, Spencer, I'm so glad you asked, because he was actually appointed captain of the Australian Army Medical Corps in 1940. That is a hot <laughs> unit. That's like the Studio 54. The um, Australian 
medical corps. Okay. So it is just Oh yeah. So so he's doing he's doing Australian mash. Yeah. This is Australian mm-hmm. Alan Alda now at this point. And although he trained as a psychiatrist, Cave served as a surgeon and actually departed for Singapore in February of 1941. Now that concerns me. Now Brittany, you have you are training to be a brain doctor, correct? A mental hygienist, please. Are, how comfortable do you feel just like quickly pivoting to uh, also doing surgeries? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, no good. All right, good. This tracks. That, that's good. That's good enough. Like I got my start pouring Purell into people's brains. Like I think I'm ready. Uh, okay, so he's going to Singapore and doing what? While he is in Singapore, he's promoted to major. Major. And this is where things get spicy. Oh, just major. More like promoted to major asshole. I don't know how the mash theme goes, but like I figured that's... <laughs> and after the fall of Singapore to Japan, Cade was a prisoner of war at... Uh-oh. Um, Here we go. A, a prison. At where now? A prison in Japan. This tracks. This tracks. <laughs> Somewhere in Japan. In Japan. I, all, right, yeah. all right. So if I was, if I hit the plus sign on Google Maps to go one one level further, <laughs> where do I go from there? And so he and he's a prisoner of war. Yes. Ah uh, yes. Okay. What war crimes did he commit? Ah, uh, being Australian. No, that would. That, that's that's there. That's there. That tracks. It, is he or is he not hanging out with John McCain at this point? Probably. Most certainly. Ah, uh, <laughs> trick John. question. John McCain got caught in Vietnam. I foiled no, 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 you. No, I remember. I remember John McCain was caught by those Japanese in World War II. <laughs> he had equally racist things to say about the Vietnamese, but uh What no. was bizarre is he went back for Vietnam. <laughs> it was like, John, you gotta get out of there. <laughs> that Eastern Hemisphere don't want you. There's a Kennedy somewhere. There's a Kennedy getting blown up in a boat somewhere in the I'm sure there's of war. a bush here as well. I feel like there's a proto bush, like a bush senior senior. I think regular senior was in there. I think I think OG senior. Are you saying regular George H. W. Bush was in World War II? Yeah, y'all forget that Bush the first was old as fuck, and now he's dead, and that's a good thing for the universe. <laughs> he's interned in Japan. With George in H. W. Camp. Bush, John McCain, and John George F. Kennedy. H. W. Bush and John. Correct. McCain. <laughs> what an all-star cast. And this all-star cast kind of chilled here from the years of 1942 to 1945. Were those like three cool years in Japan? Those are pretty cool years. Just palling around in Okinawa. Now, Brittany, I do need to know something. How relatively, I know we're not going to get into you not being able to pronounce words because that's that's the grift here. I, I understand. She has strategically fa- not pronounced the Japanese city he was interned in. Japan. Yes, I know. Japan. Japan, Japan. I just need you to rule out two things for me real quick because this is, this is sort of my grift on the show is that I'm trying trying to get to the bottom of this is he interned anywhere near Hiroshima or Nagasaki I just need to know because that keeps coming up on this goddamn show and I need it to not happen again to me <laughs> I feel like it's happened exactly once and now you're afraid that everything is a bomb coming he is in Japan so who can say if it's really? 1940s can say, Brady, and a character <laughs> If it's 1940s and a man enters a plane in a cock and bull, Nathan assumes an A-bomb's coming. <laughs> Statistically, I haven't been wrong as much. That, I mean, I'm pretty, I have a pretty good track record. And while Cade and John McCain and Kennedy and a Bush are imprisoned, John Cade would reportedly observe some of his fellow inmates and their strange, vacillating behavior. Like when they, you know, like weep and say like, please God, I need food. My bones, they hurt. Ow, stop poking me with that bamboo. Now, would you say this is vacillating behavior? (laughs) Can you define vacillating? That's what I was going to ask you. Also, Spencer, why do you assume they're getting poked with bamboo? (laughs) 
I feel like East Asian internment you camps have a thing. You just assume that there's punji sticks everywhere in East Asia, just rampant punji sticks. <laughs> there's a sticks. lot of fucking bamboo you gotta do something with. I, oh, don't, I don't know where in Japan this is. Does Japan have bamboo? I will say with certainty, yes. That is a bold stance that I'm going to say maybe it, wrong. Do I have a track record of being right all the time on this podcast? I have nothing to lose. I guess they did roll up. They have the things for sushi, which kind of feel like bamboo-esque. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll concede this to you, but I don't know if they were known for their punji sticks. Now I'm the asshole. Did you just call seaweed bamboo? Have you ever <laughs> seen the mats that they use to roll sushi? Because it's not just you plop it on the seaweed and you go. They're these, they're these bamboo like really thin reed mats that you use to roll I, the sushi to keep it from sticking and then you unroll it I, and that's how you do it. I am the asshole here. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just slap oh it down God. on some seaweed and hope it doesn't fall apart. Come on, man. Now, I'd like to kind of pull the audience here about what strange vacillating behavior in a prison camp looks like. I don't even know what vacillating behavior looks like at a Walmart. I don't know what vacillating means. <laughs> I don't, I, is it related to Vaseline? Is Are they smooth and blurry? Are they like some days really super happy and then some days they're like, oh shit, we're POWs. This sucks, man. Nate, you were actually very close with that. I, I had to Google this. Vacillating means like kind of switching between two opposite ideas, kind of, sort of. Basically, it's every episode of Hogan's Heroes. You know, that sitcom that was set in a POW camp. Notorious for their hijinks and laughs. <laughs> and Ugh. during this time when Cade was observing uh, his fellow inmates, he thought that perhaps this behavior was due to a toxin affecting their brains. And that this toxin would be eliminated through their urine, in which they would then lose their symptoms. So the answer to why these guys are having a rough day is not that they are prisoners of war and uh, and therefore interred against their will and and dealing with the mental capacity fluctuations that come with a f agent of freedom being locked up and told you can't go anywhere. No, no, there must be a chemical in the air. And you know how I'll get to the bottom of it? By sniffing their pee. Here I go, Dr. Kane on the case. Can I just say, this sounds like some vacillating behavior from Dr. Kane personally. <laughs> Dr. Kane went into his own, Dr. Kane is having a full on like shot island right now like he's the only one there and he's having his own little investigation <laughs> just over in the corner by himself and after many years of investigating the pp uh Cade was finally sent home on january 2nd 1946 oh that's nice of them yeah really so when homeboy gets released in 1946 he goes on to become a medical superintendent and psychiatrist at repatriation mental hospital in bandura I think. <laughs> Where is is Bandura back in Australia? I believe so. Bandura. <laughs> and after three and a half years as a prisoner of war, Cade was itching to make up for those years and just do some science finally. Probably just itching as well. Probably some like lice. Some, definitely some oh, residual. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely some residual lice. And now circa 1946, Cade held on to the belief that the state of mania, the psychological state, and not everybody's favorite video game, Sonic Mania. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that joke I added at last minute. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nate, you have to laugh. It's my first time. No, I don't. I'm the tough audience. And everyone's least favorite Fallout Boy album. I'm here Go to on. Simon Cal toughen you up. No, he thought that this mania was caused by an excess of some natural substance in the body. And psychological question for you all. What is mania? Doctor's excuse for finger banging. <laughs> Isn't mania like bipolar symptoms? Well, Spencer, Papa DSM-5 
uh, the holy text, defines mm-hmm. mania as a distinct period of abnormally and persistently elevated, expansive, or irritable mood and abnormally and persistently goal-directed behavior energy. Okay, so me when I have my Adderall in the morning. It's right. Exactly. Up, it's the up it. half of bipolar. It's the, it's the, it's the, you go, you go way up and then you go way down. Maybe they're, Very true. Th- these are vacillating behaviors for sure. Now, the thing that worries me is he keeps saying it's a buildup of natural substances in the body. And then he was talking about the peeing mm-hmm. earlier. This guy feels a lot more mm-hmm. closely aligned to like looking for humor imbalances than he does actual science. Some people are born a couple generations, uh, you know, too late. I should have been born in the 60s. This man should have been born about 2000 years earlier. <laughs> he does definitely feel like he's about to get some leeches out to get some excess fluids off the brain or something like that. Cade believed that this state of mania was caused by too much of something in the bod but he wasn't quite sure what it was yet on the something in the bod something in the bod who can say really and on the other hand depression he believed was caused by a lack of that very same magical substance he thinks there's a happy chemical that's not just serotonin but i don't think it works that way Uh, you can't have a humor that's just happy and if you're depressed you don't have enough happy and if you're manic you have too much happy sounds like black bile and yellow bile to me it doesn't sound that different is the problem here and it worries me what he's going to start trying to pump people full of and another pull to the audience with this mania and depression can you guess what cade was alluding to in yieldy terms it's bipolar. It is the bipolar. Yeah, no, this You're is absolutely this is absolutely bipolar disorder. Is it debt BP? <laughs> Between the vacillation and the man and manic and the depressive manic depressive, like was wasn't manic depression like what they called bipolar disorder before we gave it a more cool name? Nate, you are so right. Bipolar disorder was called manic depressive illness until its name change in nineteen eighty. Fun fact. A great year. It's fun. It's Great fun when there's year. three of us because I can afford to know some things and not feel like I've thrown the entire grift of the show off. Fuck you. <laughs> it's nice because you know things. Spencer knows some things. Just a great dynamic right here. Now, John Cade was just spitballing at this time like any good scientist does because at this time he has literally no idea what the substance is or that, even if it existed. That means he's going to try some wild guesses. He's going to hazard a guess, if you will. Hazarding guesses has gotten us such things as the atomic bomb. Um, we injected people uh, with, uh, what, jet fuel at one point. We could do that mm-hmm. again. And with that, I pose you this question. You have a patient with ye olde bipolar disorder. How do you find out what's going on in their brains? Do you poke a hole? You know, you could, could you ask him? Could you, like, ask him, hey, what's up with a series of, like, you know, intrusive questions to maybe, like, try and figure out uh, uh, what precisely influences their manic episodes and, and their depressive ones? No, it's stupid. I'm going with I'm going with hole. Hole? Hole. Poke a hole in there, see what's going on. Now, where is this hole being poked? Anywhere in the brain. Anywhere in the head area. Anywhere in the head in area? In and around the skull area where the brain juices happen. I take out my previous argument, finger banging. Fing- Damn it, Nailed that's it. only for ladies, and that's hysteria, not mania. And now, if your answer would have been... The PP, you have absolutely been right. Damn it! it can't, why? Why is it there? <laughs> I'm going to claim a 50% win in that round. You know what? I'm going to give you a 0% win. I, but why? Back then, many doctors believed that the PP was the window into a man's mind <laughs> and soul. Brady, it's a I, narrow window. No, no, we need, to have, we need to have a very serious conversation here. Are you talking about dicks or are you talking about urine? You know, the PP. <laughs> no, 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 Brittany, I no, need no, you to no, say no, the I word. You're a doctor. Urine. Okay, that's fine. Urine. Thank God. Thank God. Because if we were just talking, if we just thought bipolar disorder was dick related, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> no, we are talking about uh, urine, pee, 
Uh, micturation. What? Pardon? We're getting fancy. We're getting medical Can here. Can you stop challenging my vocabulary on this show? No. We're going to learn together. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Take it back. What does that word mean? <laughs> Vacillating? I told you. Victorating. Micturating? Micturating. It's God. when you go pee. It's when you pee. It's when you pee. It's, it's, so that's like my fancy. So it's like fancy masticate. Term for peeing. Masticate means to chew because science yeah. people are lame and can't use regular people. It's words. like the opposite of defecate, but it's micturate. Where I would normally say I'm going to go make a deposit in the piss bank, I could sound more educated by saying I'm going to go micturate in the piss bank. Exactly. So with this, Cade hypothesized that he could learn more about the cause of bipolar disorder by looking at the pee of those diagnosed. And believing that mania was caused by an excess of some natural chemical in the body, Cade hypothesized that some of it would eventually have to come out in your pee. That's not how it works, I think. I can't say definitively, <laughs> but I'm fairly confident that I don't piss serotonin ever, ever, <laughs> ever. I don't think those paths connect. You can piss out extra vitamin C. It's basically the same thing, right? Is that, is, is Sunny D just serotonin? To answer your question, no, I do not think you can uh, piss out serotonin. God, okay. Good. I like At the uncertainty like even I in the, the someday... <laughs> I'm a therapist, not a neurologist. Do you think neurologists know that answer? Or if I go to a neurologist, <laughs> if I have to put a, if I put I a urologist and a neurologist in the room, which of them you think is going to know if I piss serotonin? That's where their Venn diagram overlaps, actually. That's that's the one thing they both know. You need both, you need both ends of that equation. 98% certainty that you do not pee out serotonin. So Cade, with this hypothesis in his back pocket, uh, then proceeds to run home to his wife, Jean Cade, and demands that they start collecting jars. Just not give an explanation. The man just needs his jars. I really thought he was going to go home and say, darling, piss in this for me. <laughs> Demanding her piss. And he needs something to hold all of this pee that he's going to need for his experiments. Uh-huh. So Kate then proceeds to travel across the city and just buys jars and bulks from every department store he can come across weirdest the weirdest supply shortage in the history of australia has to be a better way to store that has a silo rent a silo or something my dude a silo a of piss, piss? Silo. Well, why does he need a billion jars so they're individual he doesn't have a piss silo handy <laughs> which is my new heavy metal band name i would store it in one of those marble run sets i would do it such like a rube goldberg that it ends and it goes back up to the top I like that. Just get, a wa get one of those waterfall features that just recycles the water over and over, but it's just, yeah. it's just piss. Has anyone tried a piss-cooled PC? Gross. Honest to God, and Spencer, don't, you know they have. You know they have. Dirtier birds have existed. Yeah. Oh. Terrible. Awful. Terrible, this whole conversation. So he's bought all of the jars in Australia. He has. And eventually, big surprise, he has too many jars. What? And so many jars that they're just filling his house and his garage. Why hasn't he just started collecting the piss yet? <laughs> why is he? Why is he? This? Buy an old Lincoln Continental and put some piss in the back of that, my dude. Like what? What are you doing? Because he's gotta prepare first, like any good scientist. But you don't need to collect all the piss at once. Collect it in batches. No, no, that makes that doesn't make any sense. No, he's gonna have the whole country the line up and piss in a jar at the same time. What is his game plan? <laughs> and when these jars begin just filling 
his house and his garage, mm-hmm. Kate's wife begins just begging him to stop collecting jars and saying that they don't have enough money to be buying every single jar in town. He's spent the whole household budget on piss jars. <laughs> Not even piss jars, just jars at this point. He's literally, this is a man trying to cure bipolar disorder while inventing o- a weird form of OCD at the same time. He's put the jar before the piss. He, this and is he needs literally to start like collecting. that end scene in The Aviator, but like w- without any piss in the jars yet. It's just a bunch of jars. <laughs> now, when hearing his wife's complaints, Kate is undeterred. And so he goes on and he probably beelines straight for the jar aisle in Costco and just keeps buying jars. Well, no, first he goes to the first he goes to Australia Bank and goes, hey, I need a loan for my small business. What's your small business? I buy jars. Why? None of your goddamn business. <laughs> dear, dear, you got to stop buying jars. I'm cornering the jar market. Darling, the, the air between you and I where I can hear you saying we need less jars could be filled with more jars. <laughs> Why are they all New Zealanders? <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> I love that both him and his wife sound like Junkrat from Overwatch. It's the only Australian I can do. It's the only Australian you can do. <laughs> I'm like trying to visualize a gruff Australian in my head. It's just being distorted into a pirate voice, which is Irish. (laughs) I'm just getting concerned. Has he explained at all to anyone the jar? Why the jars? Nate, I'm so glad you asked. I'm not. Because Kate has the quote. We might be able to use the jars afterwards for pickles. Not fully related, but it is my favorite quote anybody has ever said. Has he started collecting all the cucumbers in Australia? Because if not, I found another flaw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you gotta buy one and then give yourself five years. I don't think I don't know what cucumber reproduction rates are like, and I don't know what cucumber farming in the Australian wilderness is like. Why? What? What? Why? Please don't put pickles in your piss jars. Don't when you're done. put pickles in your piss jar. <laughs> it looks too much like piss. You'll never know. <laughs> You'll never trust a single pickle. <laughs> And after Cade has collected every single jar, probably in Australia, he finally goes on to collecting the pee of his manic patients. And now, you have all of these pee jars. Where are you going to store them? A lab? Don't be stupid. (laughs) Cade proceeds to begin storing these pee jars all over his garage and backyard. All... Over the backyard? Oh, yeah. So, like, every square foot of of that lawn is jars. just about. Did he bury them like pirate treasure? I'm not sure. That's My sources angle. did not say okay, whether or not he buried I, I, them like pirate treasure. I also got to think with piss, it, got to keep that cold, got to keep that in the refrigerator. I've, I've given urine samples. They put that shit in the refrigerator. That's not just sitting out on a counter in Australia where it's a thousand degrees. The piss might go bad. It won't It won't be drinkable. I mean, what is he even, ta- what is he looking for? Is he just staring at it and hoping that like a small unhappy man erupts out of the piss yeah. and goes, you've cornered me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is his Under game a microscope, plan? you're going to see little frown emojis. You're going to see the piss gremlins. If he puts enough of it in one spot, he summons a piss demon or something like that, and that, <laughs> he, to, he battles that, and that solves depression or something. What is his plan? Eventually, Cade does end up finding a laboratory next to his backyard, in fact, where he begins storing the urine in the pantry of this newly built ward. And he dubs this pantry the Shed. 
that. However, he, <laughs> now the fact that he passed up the opportunity to call it the piss pantry is uh, a cardinal <laughs> sin, in my opinion. That should that's Thank unforgivable. You. It sounds like he's made a cool grunge rock venue in the suburbs that the kids can go <laughs> check just, out. I found a laboratory right next to my backyard. I don't think you found it at that point. I think you paid a bank to go build a laboratory and you're doing this elaborate Ponzi scheme for your weird piss obsession. This guy got peed on one time in a concentration camp, developed a kink, and then invented the most elaborate lie in the history of mankind to justify his weird, weird kink. No kink shaming here. Do what you do. But come on, man. Just be honest with yourself. This only gets better when you imagine his wife pleading him to please stop buying the jars and he's just burying them out back hanging them from the tree (laughs) and nate like you said kate of course still needs someplace cold to store all of his pee jars or else what where do you store these pee jars piss silo i've said it before i'll say it again it's a piss silo and if it's not i'm upset or do you keep them nice and frosty the toilet the refrigerator of course of your own home no 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 did they even have refrigerators in this day and age I mean, they had them. I've played Fallout. That's during like the fifties. They had refrigerators, but I—they're not that big. How many piss jars before I'm uncomfortable eating that ham from last night? How many piss jars that they're filling your home, but they can fit in your fridge? They're in his entire garage and backyard, but I store my Primo samples right here in the ice box. He bought more fridges. I want you to picture this. You're a wife in the 1940s. It's late at night, and you wake up for a late night snack. You open up your fridge, go to grab whatever it is that people ate in the 1940s. Pickles. Aspic, maybe. And to your horror, you find your fridge just filled to the brim with the piss of strangers. I, I can't find me flimming to mine. <laughs> God, that's just bad. That's a bad beetle impression. Why is why are you looking for flimming Isn't that the <laughs> weird chemical that caused birth defects? Yeah, it's a midnight snack in the 40s. I don't know, I don't man. I think you just ate radium back then. You could have gone with, like, <laughs> Vegemite or something. Come on, man. <laughs> Fuck am I, a comedian? Get off my back. Thalidomide. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled thalidomide <laughs> off the dome. That is just the worst answer you could have given for any snack in the 1940s. I got wallaby. I don't fucking know. I would have accepted that wallaby been better. over thalidomide. <laughs> And while Kate's wife was understandably horrified by her fridge being pil- filled with pee, Kate's sons were unfazed. To us, it was all normal, his son said. We wouldn't have known whether everybody else did or didn't have urine in their fridges at home. What a what a thought. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I get that you don't have a lot of TV or, or internet access. Um, are they locked in the home? Have they been to another <laughs> child? How old are they? They grew up. There was a time in their life where piss wasn't in their fridge. And there was before piss and after piss. And they must have been aware of it. Hey, sport hours, you're visiting over to Kobe's house. They was fine, Pops, but his fridge was fresh out of piss. <laughs> How do they live like that? I think they're poor. <laughs> God damn it, it's a status symbol. Only the doctors are rich enough to have pee in their fridge. Oh my god, they don't have name brand, they have that cereal in a bag and they don't have any piss in their fridge, those poor (laughs) fools. I didn't know this wasn't normal, like, shut up, no. Think of one reason why it's normal. Also, another good reason to have a pod cave in your home, climate controlled, you know, great space for aging cheese, wine, and keeping your piss at good temperatures. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Nathan, you should start collecting. I have to agree. Start? Start? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Get started, yeah, start, yeah. Yeah, I'm on it. 
<laughs> and so as Cade begins running out of refrigerator room for his pee collection, he has to quickly find a way to finally do the urinalysis without all of the fancy equipment needed to do a urinalysis. So that's why. He's been storing up all of the jars because he didn't have the testing equipment. Nah. He's a doctor. Isn't there like an international doctor network where you go, dude, I got some piss that needs testing. Can I use your piss (laughs) tester? So he quote unquote found a lab and it didn't even have the thing he needed. Well, how do you do a urinalysis in 1946? Centrifuge. How does anyone do urinalysis? You sniff it and then you rub some on your gums and you see if it's secure or not. (laughs) Cade has a different solution, though. He decides that to test his urine that he will begin to inject it into the abdominal cavities of guinea pigs and see how messed up they get why 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 nope no yeah thank you correct response correct response spencer has no walk away from the microphone (laughs) in this whole situation because no absolutely absolutely not why this only makes sense and at this point not only is his home filled with pee jars but guinea pigs as well what is happening here what is what is happening? Please, God, explain the rationale. What? Oh, I'll get to it. But we need to talk more about the guinea pigs first. Yeah, of course, because this guy didn't have enough of a collection issue. So now no. he's had to build the world's largest guinea pig run hatch hutch. I don't know what you call a guinea pig commune. Cade's wife once said, we had guinea pigs in the shed. Lots of guinea pigs. And as they died, we'd get some more. He was good to them. He'd call them darling and say, don't you mind me doing this as he injected them. That is a police testimony. She gave that to the cop. She said that in court. That's that's a (laughs) that's this is this whole thing is being told in a very retrospective of we didn't know he was such a good boy. We didn't notice when things went wrong when he started injecting piss into the guinea pigs. <laughs> piss fridge was normal, Your Honor. <laughs> piss fridge was- this guy goes to war, gets caught as a POW for three years, comes back, immediately buys all the jars, immediately gets all the piss, and then starts injecting that piss into all the guinea pigs. This is a serial killer. I hear you asking, why is he injecting this pee into guinea pigs, Brittany? You heard me scream it at you for like a minute and a half consecutively. Well, as it turns out, he was looking to see if the urine of a patient with mania could affect a guinea pig differently versus the urine of a patient without mania. What's what baseline does piss do to a guinea pig? What's the what's the standard? What's the control group? What is what happens to a guinea pig when you pump it full of piss? Oh, they all die. All of them died. I expected no yeah. less. But can I ask, is this where the like origin of the phrase like guinea pigs comes from in experiments? No, 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 no. I don't like to think it started with P-Man. I may be wrong, though, but I don't think it did. I, I do, because guinea pigs has such a negative context. Maybe not like a belly full of piss negative context, but like. But it is the most worthless test in the history. It is the most worthless waste of guinea pig life I can possibly think of. Because there is, no, is no scientific inquiry has ever started or stopped with. And then you inject it full of guinea pig <laughs> piss. Then you pump that guinea pig full of piss, and that's how you test your your hypothesis. Why would the chemical that makes my brain go crazy come out in my piss and then go into a guinea pig naturally? Why? Well, he doesn't quite know what this miracle substance is yet. Who can say if it comes out in the pee or not? It's just something there. It may be there. It may not be there. Who knows? I really wish I could go back and do science. Because, man, it was so (laughs) fucking easy. Just do anything. Just do 
anything. And so homeboy here is injecting guinea pigs with pee and doing the thing that would make every single ethics board weep in modern times. And if the guinea pigs didn't die at first, he would begin to increase the pee dosage until they did die mm -hmm. because science. So, so is he just trying to like, is the real variable here how they die? Is it like they died with a grin on their face or... There's just this. Why is, does it have to go to death? This is nothing. This is no, there's nothing. This is this is a man having a mental breakdown, and we're just watching it through the lens of science. And Kate does do uh, postmortem analyses on each of these guinea pigs, uh, doing some science with them. Mm-hmm. And over the next eighteen months, he reaches a number of conclusions from these experiments. Guinea pigs smell like piss. Pe- Weird. And he concludes that the pee of patients with mania was more toxic than those without mania because it killed more guinea pigs. Side note, the wife has grown distant. <laughs> we'll investigate further. I'm just, I can't. There, can, How many guinea pigs did he murder with pee before he got a good idea of which pee? Would, I, it's just so bad. Thanks to dad, I just couldn't remember a fridge without piss and guinea pig carcasses. <laughs> I can't, I can't even. Pile, just such a pile of guinea pig car. I mean, it looks like a mound of dirt from afar. And then you get up close and they've got faces. <laughs> God, just picture an outback pet cemetery in this guy's yard. I dig up a jar. I put a pig. Dead is better. <laughs> Dead is better. Well, if there's a guinea pig in it, how are you going to put pickles in it later? It's stupid. That's true. That's true. And from here, uh, Kate begins to think about two of the toxic substances in urine. Urea and uric acid. He starts doing some chemistry experiments on the pee, adding hydrochloric acid, filtering it, adding charcoal, shaking it, doing science. Shaking it. Shaking it. Shaking it. it. Gotta shake the pee. Mm-hmm. Add and acid, finally, shake pee with, with lab coat. Science! Has he tried bopping it or twisting it? <laughs> no, but he did pull it. <laughs> multiple, multiple times did he pull it. Oh, I know he pulled oh, oh, he was oh, doing some pulling it in the garage. Oh, he's been pulling it. Again, <laughs> this is a kink. Pure and simple. And finally, through his studies, Cade reaches the hypothesis that there was more urea in the pee of those with mania. And that's what's been killing all of his guinea pigs. Not the pee, just the urea. Yeah, just just, just that part. Has he tried injecting piss into his own stomach that's, to rule out that conclusion? Let's please. Oh, we'll get to that. Ah, damn it. And he does all of these experiments and he discovers that this hypothesis is totally wrong. So he started working with the uric acid instead. And cue more guinea pig carcasses. And to make up different strengths of uric acid, he needed to convert it into a substance that he could manipulate more easily. And here's where we do a little bit of chemistry. On its own, uric acid would not dissolve in water. And to make it dissolve, Cade added the element lithium to uric acid to make up a compound called lithium urate. Don't know. I don't enjoy any of that. And with this, Cade begins to inject both urea and lithium carbonate into the guinea pigs. Okay, now... Now, those are going to be some chill-ass guinea pigs. It, did, did this guy figure out that lithium was a bipolar treatment? It, there's no possible way because he's not injecting it into bipolar patients. He's injecting it into fucking guinea pigs. <laughs> you regular-ass guinea pigs. Who could be pit, a little bit stressed with, after their friends and family had piss injected into in their he's bellies. He's not just injecting them with lithium. He's injecting them with piss. Wait a minute. The pigs are in their own internment camp. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> He's become, again, he is the weird the, Mangala <laughs> god of this weird. They must be exhibiting some vacillating behavior. They're, oh, there's some vacillating. So then you imagine that the, you go down one more level deeper and the guinea pigs, there's a, there's a, there's a guinea pig with a lab coat and it's just Cade guinea pig pacing back and forth, <laughs> wondering why everyone's acting weird. <sighs> I'm going to escape to that fan fiction in my head for a while to tune out the rest of this horror show. <laughs> and like you guessed, Nate, when the pigs are injected with lithium, they become surprisingly calm. And Kate fondly recalls being able to pick up the guinea pigs and place them on their backs where they would just chill. I've never known a guinea pig to be especially excited. Uh, <laughs> as someone that owned a guinea pig that I literally was never able to hold for like its entire lifespan because it was such a neurotic mess. I just own neurotic pets. Every pet I've ever owned is a neurotic mess. R.I.P. Blackie the guinea pig. <laughs> uh, we're going to cut again soon. the fact that my guinea pig was named Blackie for whatever reason. I'm going to cut that hard and fast. Yes, it was all because black next... and I was six when I named it. and didn't know. <laughs> well, the next door dog was named Brownie and that's adorable. It... But that's because that's a sweet dessert. And then you named the guinea pig Blackie. Which, by extension, was Song of the South. Again, this whole <laughs> section is being cut, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> Why lithium? D did he just spin a dice? Why lithium? Well, he thought he had just struck gold with this lithium thing, because he noticed that it did have this very strong calming effect on the guinea pigs. But in retrospect, it's more than likely that these guinea pigs were suffering from lithium toxicity, as lithium is extremely toxic in high doses. In fact, the therapeutic dose of lithium is dangerously close to that of a toxic dose. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a guinea pig is quite smaller than a human. A little bit. A little bit. Extrapolate what you will from that. Um, I really feel like I called my shot on this dude done did lithium for the psychiatric sphere, and I really hate that. I don't. Why, though? Again, I just got to know, why did he pick lithium of all things to inject them with? <laughs> I don't. And... The kicker of all of this is Cade was more than aware of some of these toxic effects. In his 1949 paper... paper <laughs> his 1949 papier-mâché, <laughs> where he made a giant guinea <laughs> pig, crusted a guinea pig in papier-mâché and injected it full of piss. <laughs> and he was banned from the parade, the fall float parade. <laughs> they did not let him use it as a piñata for his child's birthday party. <laughs> I don't remember a life before guinea pig piss piñata. <laughs> It was normal to us. <laughs> Why do I hate that this episode has generated the most t-shirt worthy things? <laughs> <laughs> and in his 1949 paper, Lithium Salts and the Treatment of Psychotic Excitement, which I read for you, you're welcome, uh, was very long and very boring. Uh, he describes side effects of cardiac depression, mental depression, nausea, and giddiness when patients were given lithium carbonate. And this is the reason why work with lithium was just abandoned for decades. Depre so there was a little bit of work with lithium beforehand, but not a whole lot. So depression. Because they found that it was toxic. So just the, pill, the, the thing that's supposed to help with your mania and your, 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 bipolar, your wacky up and downs has a side effect of depression and giddiness. The two exact side effects that you are trying <laughs> to somehow array. What the fuck is happening here? <laughs> It was a different time. Oh, I'm sure. Uh -huh. And I'm about to. Okay. Well, not necessarily an ethical scientist by our standards today, 
or by then standards, uh, Kate did believe in equality and not putting anything in the body of his patients that he himself had not tried first. God damn it. Inject yourself with piss, you bastard man. Well, don't be too wild here. He doesn't stick himself with the pee, but he does stick himself with the lithium. Good. I'm glad we didn't found the Stubbins Firth of piss. (laughs) Did he just go grab a 7-Up? Wasn't they, weren't they putting lithium in 7-Up at this point? God, I hope not. That's a new one. I think that, no, they literally, that was a thing. Lithium was one of, like how Doc, like how all, like Coke had cocaine in it, 7-Up had lithium in it. Talk about Mellow Yellow. Yes. Nice. Yes, 7-Up, no, and Mellow Yellow was pissed. We all know it. Yes, that's the joke. It's there. It's good. <laughs> but no, yeah, 7-Up had lithium in it, at least in the 30s. And since Cade did not find any ill effects when he stuck himself with the lithium, he proceeds to stick it in 10 of his patients with chronic or recurrent mania. Uh, of who he found it had a pronounced calming effect. Calming because of lithium toxicity? Who can say? Who can say? And Cade was thrilled that he had found a cheap, naturally occurring, and widely available element to treat manic depressive disorders. And it served as an alternative to shock therapy in prolonged hospitalization, which was rampant at the time. Which would you rather? Ah, uh, uh, lithium. <laughs> every every single time give me lithium damn it i hate this i wish i could be mad but like it was the slightly better of it the was three. definitely the better option the same way you say like u.s democrats are better than u.s republicans like yeah sure but fucking barely <laughs> and this calming effect was so robust that kate speculated that mania was actually caused by a deficiency in lithium in the body and however in this paper that he wrote uh, Kate failed to mention how several of his patients died during these trials due to lithium toxicity. Oopsie, Spencer, forgot. You called it. Oops, Oopsie, Oopsie, I forgot. Doodles. That one slipped my mind. Whoopsie doos. Do you think I need to throw that? Should I do a, a, a version two? Nah, forget about it. It's not worth the print. <laughs> and in addition, as a naturally occurring chemical, lithium salt could not be patented, meaning that its manufacturing and sales were not considered commercially viable. And these factors prevented its widespread adoption in psychiatry for some years, particularly in the U.S., where its use was banned until 1970. You had me like you had me going for a second when you were like, it can't be patented. And then you said it's not commercially viable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, weeds like out there and they're managing to sell the shit out of that stuff. So trust me, I believe capitalism can find a way to make lithium marketable. But Kate's not all bad. He's a lot of bad, but not all bad. uh he is a yeah, garbage no, he was a loving person. Father. He's someone that will haunt my nightmares. He's not a great husband, so please walk me through the. Give me some pros. Walk me through where it gets good. This is his redemption arc right here. In 1952, Kate was appointed psychiatrist superintendent and dean of the clinical school at Royal Park Psychiatric Hospital. Mm-hmm. Two years later, at the request of the Mental Hygiene Authority, he visited Britain for six months to inspect psychiatric institutions. And when he came back, now more woke. Uh, he introduced modern facilities and replaced the rather authoritarian approach to patient care Hold on. with a more personal and informal style that included group therapy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me a person went to England, a place that I'm pretty sure like Bedlam was a mental hospital in in, in London, if I'm not mistaken. Like the, the, the one famous for making it like hovel. You went to England and went, oh, they're doing it way better. We should do it like that. How bad was Australia's mental health? <laughs> At least they didn't have piss jars all over England. Yeah, but have you seen English food? I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Getting inspired by England's treatment of the mentally ill is uh, 
Wow. 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 Well, it sounds like he went above and beyond, actually. It sounds like he was inspired and thought, how could I make it better than that? <laughs> Good lord. I'm still just wondering what kind of weird, backwards, archaic shit Australia was up to if you had to go to ye olde London town and get some uh, some psychiatric advice. A lot of punji sticks. Could have gone to the sanitariums out in, uh, out in Grand Rapids, out in Detroit, got hooked up with Dr. Kellogg, got that clean living. <laughs> oh. And so... Kate comes back and he introduces a lot of good things with therapy. You know, that personal touch, group therapy, uh, making it less authoritarian. And concerned at the number of alcohol-related cases he was seeing, he supported voluntary admission to aid in early detection and later proposed the use of large doses of thiamine in the treatment of alcoholism. What is thiamine? It's a vitamin. Oh, airborne. I got it's you. Air- okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> airborne, yeah. A 300% thiamine. Right to the lungs. That makes sense. Also, all, the Aussies love them their beer, so don't take that away from them, you, you, you bad man, with your thiamine. What year is this? What, like, what decade, at least, is this when he's reforming mental health treatment in Australia? Like, uh, this is, like, 50s to, like, 70s. He's still at least, like, 15 years ahead of America. Oh, where you could, yeah. Where you could check into a mental hospital and say... Turns out I'm actually fine. And they would say, no, you're no, not. You're stuck here. Doing some one flew over the cuckoo's nest stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to leave? Uh, no can do. <laughs> Paperwork says right here not to release you uh, ever. Mm. <laughs> mm Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oopsie. <laughs> Is that? So this dude fucking like pioneered humane mental health treatment of humans in Australia and the worst treatment of guinea pigs in all, in of, all of human history. This man is the Genghis Khan of, of the guinea pig population. Fair. I can't think of anyone who's treated the guineas worse. But it's okay because his wife said he was nice to the guinea pigs before he injected them with the... Was he this, nice to her? This was after she begged him to stop buying piss jars. <laughs> or he did kind of gaslight her with the pee jars, so it's, it's, it's iffy. A lot. It's iffy. A lot. <laughs> Which takes oh us, my which God. takes us to, uh, uh, how's that going today? You know, a new cock and bull segment since we're introducing all sorts of new stuff. How's that? How's that going how's that today? Going today? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, Brittany. You, if anyone would have seen this. Uh, have, speaking of when, you, when we started getting into lithium, it reminded me of an article that came out uh, around my birth about about a month ago. Um, have Have you seen this? Oh no, I haven't. Okay. Uh, there is there was a study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry, and their conclusion in August of uh, 2020 is that we should be adding lithium to drinking water to prevent suicide. <laughs> they literally said that they're finding a strong link between trace levels of high lithium in public drinking water and lower suicide rates. And they think maybe we should start artificially adding it to water the same way we do fluoride. Hmm. You remember all that stuff we just got done talking about, about lithium toxicity and all of that? Uh, Turns out uh, the English, you know, those pioneering uh, mental health advocates are actively advocating that we put that in the water supply. It might help with the quarantine depression. What if we what if we provided like equitable public utilities? Uh, what if we like, you know, gave like made healthcare like really affordable? No. What if we what if we just put like the lithium in the water? This is you you wanted universal health care. What's more universal than tap water? And Brittany, does that bring us to the end? Oh, I'm not done yet though. What? But he does die. 
and that he dies in 1980. But I've got more to say on lithium. I've got to educate people. Please, because I've just learned it's been pitched for drinking water. I was water. about to say, please educate me on why I shouldn't be terrified that Britain wants to put it in my drinking water. And although the use of lithium revolutionized the treatment of bipolar disorder from the 1960s, it was not until 1970 that Cade would go on to gain international recognition for his work. And that year, he received the Psychiatric Award of the Taylor Manor Hospital in Maryland and was made a Distinguished Fellow of the American Psychiatric Association. And an Oscar for his role in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and today, lithium is now labeled as a mood stabilizer and is the standard treatment for mania. Lithium helps many people with bipolar disorder, although the dose must be carefully controlled and it can have unpleasant side effects such as nausea and trembling and death. Uh, its mechanism is still something of a mystery, as well as the cause. It is clear that there is a genetic component, though. Um, this part is not funny, so I'm not going to include it. <laughs> <laughs> you think injecting guinea pigs full of piss is funny, and that scares me. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, so I love... And that's again, the story of John Cade and lithium. We must carefully monitor the doses of this that you're being given. Also, people on lithium, stop drinking tap water just in case, because we may accidentally be overdosing you on lithium. Thank you for joining us on a guest-hosted cock and bull podcast welcome to season four where i've learned that i just don't have to work it was that easy the whole time <laughs> I, I guys spoiler alert i never work for these and i still show up half the time so i mean it ain't it ain't all that uh, we hope you join us next time we hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoy making it this one uh is probably the most interrupted story of all time because when someone else takes the reins, Nathan and I cannot help ourselves. No, no, it's bad. It's bad. This was and a three-page document. You're saying we padded it out? Oh, yeah. Uh, we want to thank Dripless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo, on the arc off the album Cholera. And if you haven't, please leave a review. Um, we covered that up top. Steal other people's devices and leave reviews under those. And then tell us that you're posting this from a stolen device and you'll get bonus points for the bonus episodes that we've obviously been recording. And uh, please check out Redbubble for guinea pig piss pinata on blankets, shirts, gloves, face masks. We've been capitalizing <laughs> on that lately. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe for episode one. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys later.